This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. There was a year in my life where I had a lot of time on my hands and I actually learned 100 new jazz standards in one year. That's right. I'll say it again. I learned 100 new jazz standards in an entire year. And while I wouldn't necessarily recommend someone to do this. In fact, I wouldn't really ever tell my students to learn 100 jazz standards in one year, and I'll explain a little bit about that in this episode. I did actually learn a lot of lessons about jazz and learning music very quickly because I went through that process. So in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you four things that I learned from learning 100 jazz standards in one year so that you can learn from them, so that you can uh, avoid doing that yourself and just take the lessons that I got from them. All right, so let's do this thing. Let's crush it. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, videos, and a membership, all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. This is episode 278. Man, sometimes I look at the, the number of episodes we've done here on the podcast. I'm like, wow, 278. Before you know it, we'll be at... 300 episodes. And I want to thank all of you who listen to the show week after week. I know some of you have listened to every episode. I know there's some of you who have even been listening since five years ago when we started this podcast. So I appreciate you for the support of the podcast and the show. And this is, if this is your very first time ever listening to the Learn Jazz Standards podcast, and you're looking at the title of the episode and going like, holy, like 100 jazz standards in a year, like that's crazy. Like, am I expected to do that? Is that what it takes to really play jazz well? And I'm here to tell you absolutely not. Uh, as I said in the intro, learning 100 jazz standards in a year is is probably for most people a bad idea. And I'll in a second go into the context of why I learned 100 jazz standards uh, in a year and kind of uh, the, the environment that surrounds that decision to do that uh, and how I did that. Um, but of course, there was a lot of lessons that I did learn from learning those 100 jazz standards, which I'm going to share with you today. And I'll just kind of just boil it down to four just to make it uh, simple for you to digest and take the most important things that I grabbed uh, from doing this. Now, before we get started, though, we do have to thank the sponsor of this episode, which is, of course, our very own LJS Inner Circle membership. And how would this sound to you? What if you only had to learn 12 jazz standards? in one year, but you learned those 12 jazz standards to a very high level. Like you could really play them. And the reason you did is because you learned one jazz standard a month. And in each month you had practice programs, itineraries, you had a video tutorial to walk you through it. You had mapping exercises, chord tone, guide tone, scale max. You had a color-coded chords analysis of the tune, and you had an etude and 
on top of that, you had a community of like-minded musicians playing all sorts of instruments, supporting each other, showing the recordings of them playing the tune, getting feedback, getting help, all of that, right? to learn 12 jazz standards in a year that you really knew how to play very well. Well, that's part of our jazz standards club within our inner circle membership. And I would definitely recommend that to anybody over a hundred jazz standards in a year, anytime. Of course, and inner circle membership as well. You get access to all of our practice programs and courses like 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing, Jazz Blues Accelerator, Minor Blues Accelerator, uh, our instrument accelerator courses like guitar, jazz guitar accelerator, uh, piano, bass, uh, trumpet, sax, and basics 101 courses and live Q&A calls with me every single month. Like It is the place to be if you're wanting to learn how to become a better jazz musician and take your skills to the next level the most efficiently and the best you possibly can. So if you're interested, go to ljsinnercircle.com, ljsinnercircle.com, sign up to become a member. We'd love to have you join our jazz family. It's a lot of fun in there, ljsinnercircle.com. All right, let's jump right into those four lessons from learning 100 jazz standards in one year. Okay, so first off, a little context. Why did I learn 100 jazz standards in one year? Well, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or been following me for a while, you may already know somewhat of the story. But essentially, between high school and college, I uh, didn't really have the scholarship money I wanted to go to the schools that I wanted. I wanted to go to school to get a jazz performance degree, which I ended up doing. I got a jazz performance degree uh, at the City College of New York here in New York City. Um, but I, I had a gap year, and I, I was studying with a teacher who is an amazing teacher, Justin Nielsen, and he taught me, you know, and really inspired me as a, as to become a jazz musician. And he set up something for me in my gap year where we would have a program where I learned 100 jazz standards in one year, and uh, I would transcribe 32 bars of a solo a week. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of other things involved as well. I would like do one gig a week. I'd play, do one lesson with him a week. I um, mean, it really was a year where I jump started my skills. I was practicing anywhere from five to eight hours a day. Um, so it was good. Like if it, it just, it worked for the time of my life to do this. Now, obviously it did jumpstart my skills, but it also, in, in a lot of ways, it, it was way too much to, to really do. Uh, it, it was too much to, really comprehend like 100 jazz standards was a lot so uh, this kind of leads me to my very first uh, lesson that i learned and that first lesson is to learn jazz standards that you genuinely like like that you're genuine genuinely interested in learning um now why would i would i say that other than the obvious like hey if you do something you should like doing it right especially when it comes to music well if you ask me how many of those jazz standards I actually know today of those 100, uh, the honest truth would be it's quite a few less than that, right? Um, and even, of course, you know, some of those numbers got changed for after that year where I learned totally different jazz standards entirely. But there's a lot of those jazz standards that kind of fell through the cracks. There's a number of reasons for that. But one of those reasons is because sometimes I was learning jazz standards just for the sake of learning them or because someone else told me to learn them. Uh, and so I did them. Uh, now, sometimes you do need to learn jazz standards that maybe are not your favorite. Um, for example, like if you have a gig and you're playing with a band, uh, then, you know, you might have to learn a jazz standard or a, a tune that, you know, you're not that hot about, but 
you know, it's still important, right? You have to learn it in order to play or a jam session that might happen as well. Um, or maybe a teacher is just like, hey, this is a really important tune and maybe you're not quite into it, but there's a lot of lessons to be learned from it. So I'm not saying don't ever learn a tune that you don't uh, absolutely love, but by far in a way, you should be learning tunes that actually excite you. And there is some studies to suggest that, um, that, that suggests that having fun, right, is really helpful to the learning process. If you're not actually having fun while you're practicing and playing, uh, it's not as likely that you're going to retain that information. So it's pretty obvious to me that the ones that I remember uh, and the ones that I would call at gigs all the time, it, which would, of course, further help me to remember the tunes, were the ones that I actually really liked. Like I enjoyed the melody. There's something about them that uh, just just made me interested in them. So that's my tip number one for you is when you're learning tunes, um, if you really want to get bang for your buck with your practice time, focus mostly on tunes that actually genuinely excite you. So whenever you're listening to jazz music, obviously be tuning into those ones that are especially striking to you. Okay, so tip number two, uh, lesson number two that I learned from these 100 Jazz Standards is to obsessively listen, obsessively listen. So, so tip number two, lesson number two, obsessively listen to the jazz standards that you're wanting to learn. Uh, so a lot of beginners make this mistake of they want to learn a new jazz standard or a new tune. And again, maybe someone just told you about this tune, like you should learn this tune. And so you go straight to a real book or um, you listen to it maybe a few times or several times, but really right out of the gate, you're trying to figure it out on your instrument, like how to play the tune. And I do not recommend this, actually. I actually recommend you spend lots of time actually listening to the tune. Uh, again, I'll even go as far to say obsessively, like obsessively listen to it. And that's something that I also realized the ones that I really remembered out of those 100 were ones that, again, I enjoyed and therefore I was listening to them all the time, like when I was on the train, when I was walking around my neighborhood. Um, sometimes I was doing active listening where I'd just be actually sitting down and the only thing I was doing was listening to that tune. I was really ingraining it. And so uh, that that's actually why I have a process and you maybe have heard of this process uh, for learning jazz standards if you've been listening to this show for a while. It's called my LIST process for learning jazz standards. It's an acronym and it starts with L, which is listen, uh, and internalize is the second step. And that's uh, I, right? So both of those are listening steps where you're not even touching your instrument. You're just listening over and over and over and over again to the tune. So when you're trying to learn a new jazz standard, what I recommend doing first in the listen phase is to go onto Spotify or go onto YouTube or however you like to gather a variety of music and search for that jazz standard and just make a playlist of as many different versions of that jazz standard as possible. And then habitually, Go around listening to that tune so that you're really internalizing what it sounds like, okay? Um, the second step, internalize, is where I would like you to reduce that playlist to just one version of the tune. Now, it's important that this would be the original version of the tune uh, if you can so you get the most accurate representation of the melody um, or at least a popular version of the tune that is used a lot. 
So narrow it down to that one recording after you've done a lot of listening to, to a lot of versions and just really focus on getting deep inside of that. And I like to uh, encourage active listening. So meaning you're not doing other activities, work around the house, um, running, w- whatever, exercising. You're really just sitting down and focusing in on that recording and then you move on to the other steps of my list process, like S, which is sing. So if you can sing it, that means you've internalized it. And then T, transfer, is the last step. And that's where you actually pull out your instrument and you transfer the melody and the chords, whatever you learned about that song, onto your instrument. But the first three steps of the four steps are actually listening kinds of exercises, right? So obsessively listen, because the ones that I didn't obsessively listen to a lot, everywhere, all the time, again, are the ones that I became less familiar with, right? I wasn't as familiar with those ones. So therefore, they kind of slipped through the cracks. Uh, I didn't retain them as well. And we don't want to waste our time learning tunes that we're not going to retain, right? We want to latch onto those musical lessons for other jazz standards. We want to be able to perform them in front of other people. We want to be able to play them with other people, right? So we don't want to forget them. So listen obsessively to whatever tunes that you're trying to learn. All right, lesson number three is to observe common harmonic patterns that you come across in jazz standards, okay? Observe common harmonic patterns. So kind of a little bit of a secret that might be of interest to beginner jazz players is most pro jazz musicians or or experienced jazz musicians, they may know 50, 100, even more than 100 tunes, and they're able to play that at any given moment. But they, they're not really thinking in terms of, you know, individual chords like they're not thinking c minor seven to f7 to b flat major seven to e flat dominant seven they're not thinking that way they're thinking more in terms of general tonal centers so um first of all like for example the most basic is they're thinking in terms of chord progression so they may think okay b flat major is the first tonal center that we're dealing with and because they've experienced that tune before, they know that it's a 2-5-1 to B-flat major. Now, that's a music theory term if you're new to jazz. Two meaning the two chord, five meaning the five chord, and one meaning the one chord. It's all based off the major scale, uh, based off of harmonizing the major scale with seventh chords. I won't dive into that right now, uh, but that's where that comes from. But they're not really thinking, okay, C minor 7, what are the notes in C minor 7? Oh, then F7 is the 5 chord. What are the notes in F, F, F7? Uh, B flat major 7 is the 1 chord. What are the notes in B flat major 7? They're not thinking that way. First of all, 2-5-1 is just a, a sound that you know, right? You just know the sound of 2-5-1. And then they're thinking in even more general terms, right? Okay, um, the bridge goes to the 4 chord, right? And maybe... If you haven't played that tune in a very, very long time, you may not completely remember right away how does it get to the four chord. Your ears just pick that up because you've had experience with the tune, you know the melody of the tune, and you're able just to kind of arrive back to that. But you're not consciously thinking while you're playing what every single chord is. Um, mostly, it kind of just is organically happening, which kind of sounds weird and ethereal. But what it comes down to is learning a lot of jazz standards. And just knowing what common chord progressions are so that those sounds just come natural. So the more you learn tunes that have two, five, one chord progressions in them, 
which is most jazz standards, you realize that's the most common chord progression. So the major and the minor 2-5-1 chord progression. And you start to just hear what those sound like, right? You realize as well that a lot of times there'll be like a 2-5-1 to the 4 chord. Um, you'll start to hear what going to the relative minor sounds like. You'll start to hear what a 1-6 dominant 6 2-5 chord progression sounds like. And the reason you start to hear what that sounds like is because you've learned tune after tune after tune. But you're not just learning them uh, and, and and settling for thinking about what each chord is. Eventually, like, you know, the first handful of tunes, that's what you're doing. You're thinking about each chord and how do the, how do they actually work in the harmony? But then eventually you get to a tune and it becomes easier to think about. You're just like, oh, hey, look at this. It's a 2-5-1 to this, and it's a 2-5-1 to this, and it's a 1-3-6-2-5 to this. Uh, oh, it changes a key center completely here in the bridge, right? That's the way you start thinking about the tune. And if you can recognize those common harmonic patterns, the more your ears will latch onto them, which is the most important thing, the easier it will get to learn more tunes so that... Instead of logging, you know, whatever, how many chords are in the tune, like 30 chords, I don't know, you know, 30 chords, like consecutive chords. Instead of thinking that way, what you are is just memorizing sounds and movements and patterns. And that's it. And that makes it so much easier. And again, this all comes with experience of learning lots of tunes. So learning 100 tunes in a year obviously really helped me identify common patterns and jazz standards so that by the time we got to the 100th tune that I was learning, you know, unless it was an obscure tune or a particularly modal tune, it's kind of like you start to understand what to expect the harmony to do because you've seen enough of the similar patterns and variations of. All right. So lesson number four, the last lesson I'll share with you today is to play the tunes that you learn out as much as possible, out meaning playing them with other musicians, uh, whether it be a jam session, whether it be a gig, um, whether it be just with one person or two people or three people or four people, five people, I don't care. Just as much as possible, play those tunes with other people. And I don't mean with backing tracks. Like, yes, it's important to go ahead by yourself, practice and review those tunes a lot because you want to memorize them and internalize them and you know keep reminding yourself about that tune. However, for me personally, of those 100 that I really have retained, the, the ones that I really retained were the ones I played with other people, right? Um, because there's a challenge with playing with other people rather than just sitting and playing with a backing track at home. Um, now, I understand when I'm saying this, that there are those of you in the audience right now listening that are like, I don't have a lot of people to play with. Um, I don't really have the opportunity to play with others. Maybe there's not a jam session nearby. Maybe you don't have a lot of jazz friends or even musician friends, um, even just to play with one other person. And I, and I understand that completely. And what I really want to drive home though, is that when you play tunes in community and in context, your brain just will remember it more. I played, like I said, a gig every single week during that year that I was learning those 100 tunes. And it was so helpful that every single week I had one other friend who was also learning those tunes with me. Okay. I, I was, that was, it was a very fortunate thing. I had one other friend who was in the same boat as me. We're both taking a gap year, both studying with my teacher, both working on the same program of learning 100 tunes in one year. And essentially, every single week, we'd be learning 
somewhat of the same tunes, not always the same tunes, but mostly. And we would go and play our gig and I we would call those tunes because you know we were learning them, we wanted to retain them, we wanted to get better at them. So that's what we were doing. And by doing that, it was incredibly helpful for retention. And of course, you know, throw that year away now and just move forward to, you know, the many hundreds of gigs I've played, you know, after that. The ones that I just continuously would call on gigs are the ones I know very well. For example, My Shining Hour. <laughs> I love that tune. So I call it all the time and play it all the time. So do you think I know My Shining Hour still? Of course I do. I know that one very, very well. So those are the tunes that you're going to learn and really retain well is the ones that you play out with other people. Now, I mentioned that not everybody has the opportunity to do this. So one thing that's really important is that you can still sort of emulate the concept of this by recording yourself and sharing it with other people. And not to be too overly promotional here, but inside of our Jazz Standards Club and our Inner Circle membership, we we learn a new tune every single month, okay? And essentially what everybody does is they post recordings of themselves in the community forums doing the different assignments, playing the etude, improvising, and they're getting feedback from other members. And what everybody tells me is that the simple act of recording yourself makes you focus on the tune more. It makes you uh, practice the tune more because you want to perform it well in front of others. And then the fun part about it is that you're able to get feedback from your members, encouragement. It feels like you are performing in a way, right? You're not just playing for yourself. It makes it feel like you are performing. And so therefore, it sticks a lot better because it's sort of emulating that idea of you're playing for somebody else. Even some of the members will actually play with each other by creating recording projects with each other where, you know, they'll all record each like playing the head together and uh, they'll, you know, pass recordings back and forth. It's kind of cool how it ends up working. But recording yourself in a community environment is also another good way to go. Now, there's a lot of different ways to do that. But obviously, in our Inner Circle membership, we have a really strong community there that will make that easy for you to do. Regardless of what your circumstance is, as much as possible, play those tunes out in some sort of context or record yourself, and they're going to stick and really get those lessons that you really need to grab from those jazz standards. It's going to work so much better. So in summary, the four lessons that I learned from learning 100 jazz standards in one year, uh, number one is to learn the ones that you find are most enjoyable. If you find them enjoyable, you're more likely to retain them. Uh, Number two is to listen obsessively. So listen to playlists of the tune of as many different varieties as you can, then narrow it down to just one recording and really internalize that one recording. And if you do that step first, it's going to make it so much easier to learn and retain all the other jazz standards after that. Lesson number three is to observe common harmonic patterns that you find in jazz with chord progressions, with key centers. It's going to make it so much easier for you to memorize them and to retain them for the future. And of course, last but not least, lesson number four is to play them out as much as possible with other musicians or record yourself to help yourself retain them. All right, that's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate you tuning in. Hope you learned something from today's show. And the most important thing is that you take action. 
Learning something without action, well, did you really learn it? Right? We want to take action on the things that we learn so that we can really get results in our jazz playing. And again, one way I can help you get real results in your jazz playing and create an environment that fosters growth is by joining our LGS Inner Circle membership. It's a really good time over there. We have a great community. A lot of people are actually friends there. It's actually really cool to see how our jazz family has grown and flourished. So go to lgsinnercircle.com. Join us over there. Know you'll have a good time. So much fun. And we'll look forward to having you. All right. We'll be coming out with another great episode of the podcast next week. Until then, happy practicing and cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask. That's LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.